This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast. Uh, lots to talk about today, we've got Paul Robinson coming on, uh, but we do want to cover uh, the Cardiff game first. I think it's uh, important to talk about that because it was uh, our first loss of the season. Sadly, we are not going to go undefeated this season as nice as it would have been. Um, as I said, 3-1. I think there's a few positives to take from the game. Um, I don't think we should get too caught up in it because... We've obviously had a very good start to the season and we certainly don't want to dampen the mood on what's been a very positive Blues recently. Sam, what were your your thoughts on last night's loss? Yeah, it was a, it was a shame really because obviously we've done so well up until that point. I guess this is the first real like blip in the season where you know we've fallen behind, I think, for the first time in the season as well. And uh, from that point, we couldn't sort of rescue it and get ourselves through to round three. But um, yeah, I think it was a decent performance I think there was individuals that sort of come onto the pitch that have been questioned now whether they're sort of good enough for this new setup because of the fact that we've got all these new bodies through the door now and there's now questions about players that were there before can they still make the grade but um yeah there were six changes made for the game against Cardiff and uh you had some youngsters such as Marcel Oakley where he had a tough task really coming up against Carlin Grant and um there was a few times where he got the better of him I remember the second minute yeah where um Grant crossed the ball into Cole for the first goal and um there was a couple of shaky moments there, but I think he grew into the game. And uh, there was other players that I think did actually do well, like Hogan, when he came on, he scored a goal, put it through the keeper's legs with a lovely finish. But um, I'd say there's negatives, but there's also positives to take from the game too. Yeah, completely agree. Josh, are you thinking much the same things? Yeah, pretty much what Sam said. Like We had uh, some players who individually were doing really well, but I think this game just highlighted the difference in those starting players that we brought in like in the first team um, compared to the players who were here before. Um, I think obviously they've got a, they're still getting used to this kind of different system. Obviously, we played about five last season and going into about four now. Some players are still trying to learn uh, that system, but I think there are still positives to take, although we've lost, obviously still undefeated in the league, and we can just put all of our focus back onto that now. 
Yeah, you both sort of highlighted it there. I think the one player that's good to talk a little bit more about is Marcelo Oakley, because you said it, Sam, and I agree. He did start a little bit shaky, um, but really grew into the game and significantly improved, to be honest, as it went on. Looked more, so much more comfortable in the second half, I feel. Um, it's tricky because he's a young player. It's never easy coming into these games and having to mark Carlon Grant, as you said, is a, is a big, big challenge. But I think from what we saw at glimpses of that game, I think proves that he will go on to be quite a good player, quite a good footballer. I mean, if you're coming on for Blues at his young age and, and, and coming up against a player of Grant's quality and, yes, a shaky start, but then dealing with the situation later on, I mean, I think proves he could be a good asset for Blues. I mean, Sam, would you you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree with that. And there's a lot of young players that were given chances um, last night with uh, Jordan James also playing the centre midfielder. And you look at Jordan James as a player, like he's actually played a lot of games for Birmingham considering his age. I remember when he was sort of thrusted into the start at 11, where we had a uh, centre midfield shortage under Lee Bowyer. And he played a lot of games that season at 17 years old. And um, he's a player that's been here now for around, yeah, three seasons. And um, he's shown good moments, but there was a few people I'd seen like online yesterday sort of saying about his performance or whatever. But I think you've got to remember how young these players are and how much they've still got to learn and how much they can improve as well. And I think keeping these young players around the camp is only going to be good for the club for the future because, you know, these are the homegrown talents that you want to see thrive and excel and then players that, you know, we could sort of train up and get a lot more money for in the future. So I'm all for sort of giving young players such as Oakley and James opportunities, especially in the uh, cup matches. Yeah, I think it's a bit tougher for James in terms of probably more likely to receive criticism compared to maybe some other the, of the younger players because he's been in and around the squad for quite a while now. And I think people forget he's 19. He is 19, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. I think people forget quite how young Jordan James is, I think, because he's been around the club and around Blues and starting exactly. this, this game, that game and other games. People forget how young he is. And I think to be doing what he's doing at his age and... It, you're always going to get criticism online, aren't you? As soon as one player has a bad game. Because let's be honest, in pre-season, Jordan James was fantastic. I mean, Josh, do you think he deserves more game time in, in the in the, in the the league games this season? Yeah, I think so. I think he's fallen victim to Jude Bellingham, to be honest. I think, obviously, Jude hitting the ground running and becoming the player that he is. Every kind of player that comes in now, like George Hall, for example, he's come in, he's hit the ground running as well. I think Jordan James, he never seems to have a really bad game. He always seems to either have a really good game or he'll have like a 7 out of 10. And I think he is just kind of that player. And I think he's also struggled with, he seems to play a different position every single game. Sometimes he's next to Sunjic in a more defensive position. Sometimes he's out on the right. Sometimes he's in the middle, which good. It shows that he's versatile, but he's never actually nailed down a position. And I think you can see sometimes in the game that he's looking around and he's kind of, Oh, am I in the right position? Do I go and press now? Um, but I think he's doing well. I think, as you say, he's only 19. So we've got to give him game time. We've got to give him time to get to know what position works for him. And the manager as well. I think the manager's uh, still working that out as well. So definitely give him time. I know he's, he's off with Wales. I think he's just got another international call up. And I think playing internationally with uh, international players is only going to benefit his game. So, yeah, I wouldn't just turn him away, keep him in the first team and he can learn from the players around him. Yeah, I think by the time Jordan James hits 22, 23 years old, he's going to be such an experienced and such a, a talented player for us. And I think the more game time he can get, the, the better it will do for himself and his career. I think one player we were missing last night, and I don't know if you guys will agree, but I thought Bielik, it was evident that he wasn't on the pitch and he wasn't in the middle of the park. Because I think what Bielik does so well is, is stop that transi transition. Um 
from teams getting into our final third. And I think him not playing last night, as good as Sunic has been, and I think he's played pretty much every minute in the league so far. So I was quite surprised to see him start. Um, but I think we were certainly missing a Bielik yesterday to stop to stop those transitions from defence to attack. I mean, Sam, what, what do you think? Do you think Bielik's... How crucial is Bielik to this Blues team? Because I, I think he's so, so important. Mm, I completely agree with you. And the fact that he didn't play last night in the Cup sort of shows that, you know, we don't want to risk him in a game like this for him to get injured and then miss out on more important games in the league. So I think John Eustace sort of had that in mind, especially with Bielik's uh, injury records or whatever. But... A player that we touched on briefly that uh, did come off at half-time last night was George Hall. And I'm kind of concerned about that because it's one of the things where he got injured at the back end of last season and he came off at half-time uh, last night as well. So that's something that it's filling me with a little bit of concern and uh, something that I think we should keep an eye on, really, and hopefully hear more from from the manager. Yeah, hopefully it's one of those ones where he doesn't want to give him too much game time having come back from an injury. We know he's quite an injury-prone player. Um, but I thought first half he did look decent yesterday, picked up the ball a few times on the left and looked to inject, inject a bit of speed into the Blues side. I mean, Josh, again, how is how important is a player like George Hall for Blues? And with so much competition in those forward roles, do you think he'll get much game time? Um, I hope he gets game time. I mean, we saw last season the kind of player he is, that he can play across the front three. He's quite an explosive player. Uh, for how young he is, he, he likes to battle and really go up against those defenders and try and take them on. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, we again, like Jordan James, we need to keep him around the first team. We need to give him opportunities. But I think I've, I've worked it out with my granddad last night walking back from the game. There's about seven players that are all going for that that camp yeah. position. I mean, we've got Tyler sure. Roberts, Miyoshi, Bakuna, Jordan James, Hall, like uh, Stansfield that's coming now he seems to be there exactly. as well yeah Anderson's playing there as well um, so we've got so many people and yes that can be good for competition but we just hope that the likes of Jordan James and Hall don't just get pushed down the pecking order they need to be in this team where they can really develop and shine as well because we don't want to just lose them then not play and then either go out on loan or we sell them and then in a couple of years they turn into world beaters and we, we just go oh they could have been doing that for us. So definitely we need to keep him around the first team. I think it is a bit worrying that he went off, but I'm hoping that that was more of just a precaution from John Eustace and that it's not anything serious. Yeah, hopefully not. I think, as you said, it's all it's all well and good, these players, you know, training every day and each week, but the game time and the minutes in, in these matches are what's most important for their development. I think there's two more sort of key moments I want to talk about in the game. Um, firstly, Scott Hogan's goal. Thought that was really nicely taken, and when he when he came on, I thought he had a, a good performance last night. I mean, what were your thoughts on on Hogan, Sam? Yeah, it was a good finish, and uh, I think with Hogan, like when you see sort of the chances that he does put away, I actually think Hogan's better in front of goal when he's got less time to think about it. Mm. I don't know what you guys think, but it seems as if yeah. when Hogan has all yeah. the time in the world, he seems to make the wrong decision. But then in those split second ones where he sort of peels off his marker. He has that sort of split second to look up, think about it, and then he seems to pick the right spot. So I think with Hogan, you know, this is the real make or break season, isn't it? You know, it's going to be the season where we sort of decide, is he part of the new project? Is he going to be our star man up front? Or is he not good enough to sort of make the grade? Because I think, yeah, there's a couple of players that are in the team that perhaps may fall on the way, like um, Roberts and Gardner. They've got a lot of like criticism from them. And uh, yeah, Hogan is one of them players that was brought in sort of a while ago, but is he going to be the guy that's going to feature up front for us in this uh, new regime? Yeah, I think the competition with Stansfield is going to be so handy for him because 
last season it was pretty much a shoe in that Hogan was going to start each game. But I think now with Stansfield and in even the likes of Roberts, when he returns from injury, it's only going to push Hogan as a player. And Josh, I'll let you cover the probably the most controversial moment of the game, Djokovic's red card. Do you think it was think it was a red uh, or no? From my point of view, I didn't think it was. I, th- I think the referee didn't help himself in the game. Uh, he wasn't the best ref, to be honest. I know um, there were boos all around me throughout the game for almost everything the ref gave because he just didn't seem to like us in that game. And I think that just kind of uh, brought everything together, really. Um, I haven't seen it back, but um, I, I've read uh, and heard from people saying that it was a bit high and a bit reckless. I know, Sam, you said that when you saw saw that it was Djokovic, it was one of those like like Djokovic red card like he never never get like yes he he battles um against like defenders and things like that but he's not a reckless player like that so it was a bit of a what kind of moment so I'd have to look back but I think that changed the game completely um I think although we did get the Hogan goal that was kind of the nail in the coffin for us because we were struggling anyway, trying to keep the ball and we we're basically trying to hit them on the counter-attack, but that just nullified anything that we did then. So uh was harsh. Um, I think they've said that they're not going to review it. Then, um, yeah, you're which right. Which is unfortunate. Um, means, does it mean he's out for the league games as well now? Yeah, free game. Uh, free games. games yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is unfortunate. I mean, Juki's got two goals this season already coming off late on the bench, but... I mean, it gives chances for somebody else. Maybe we're going to bring another striker in. Um, looks like Cosgrove might be out. If not, do we give Cosgrove a chance coming on at the end of games? Um, we'll have to see. But uh, it means that, yes, Duke has gone, but hopefully someone else can step up to the plate. Sam, what were your thoughts on the red? Um, yeah, I've, I've seen sort of replays of it. And it's that thing where I said to uh, Josh before the podcast that when I saw the name pop up, Yukovic's red card, you think... How's he got a red card? Because I think it may be his first red card for Blues. Don't quote me on that, but I can't remember any other instance. He's not like a malicious player as such, but this uh, referee, yeah, he was getting a chorus of boos at the end. And um, I think when uh, Cardiff scored their second, they were chanting 2 0 to the referee. So, you know, the fans are really aggrieved by it. And um, it was strange to see, yeah, Yukovic get a red card and lash out like that. But I think he sort of channeled the energy of all the fans around him where they were just so upset with what the referee was doing. I think. Um, couple of seasons ago he was in charge when um ryan woods made that challenge against coventry yeah. from behind yeah. everyone just thought oh yes yeah. yellow take the yellow and then he showed a red card and you're like what so yeah. it seems that the referee's got a bit of history of us and uh we're out of the cup but we can concentrate on the league now yeah i i can see both sides sides to the story of a red i can see why some people are saying on oh, some people are saying on oh, i don't think it was just that decision i think he got a few more wrong last night to be fair mm. Um, one more moment I think we need to quickly talk about as well was Bakuna's free kick. I so thought that was in. And I don't know if you've seen the graphic where inches, um, inches yeah. from, from going over the line. I mean, what what a save by Runnison, I think it was, who was in goal. Um, could have Very had so. a repeat of um, his goal against Cheltenham, but sadly not. Um, but I think that's everything covered for Cardiff. Um, yeah, disappointing result and a shame to be out of the cup. We've also got the FA Cup um, to hopefully uh, progress a little further in. And of course, the league um, where... After Millwall, uh, it will be the international break. So hopefully uh, we can go in still in a playoff place. But that's Cardiff covered. Um, and we will go on to uh, Paul Robinson's interview. But just before that, here's a quick message from our sponsors, Zero. Import bank transactions, send invoice reminders, pay your staff and drive profitability through Zero projects. By signing up using the link in the description, you will receive 50% off your first three months. It's quick and easy to set up. You can cancel any time, free 24-hour support, add unlimited users, 
no hidden fees and over 3.7 million users worldwide. There's no excuse to not sign up to Zero today. And finally, if you wouldn't mind voting for us in the upcoming Football Content Awards, we'll be in the Best Club Content Creator Award under the Football League category. So please do vote for us and all you have to do is enter Blues Focus and click enter. Thank you and back to the podcast. Fantastic. So hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast. Season four is well and truly underway. Uh, I'm joined by a few guests this evening. I am joined by Josh, as always. Josh, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, good. Good. Good Good to have you, mate. Sam as well. Sam coming back. How are you, Sam? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Good to be back on the podcast. And uh, yeah, wonderful guests we got lined up here, too. Good to have you, mate. Good to have you. And of course, we got the main man, ex-Blues captain and currently coach at Millwall. We have Paul Robinson. How are you, mate? I'm all good. Thank you very much. Good to see you, fellas. Good, good. good to have you, mate. Good to have you. You have been on here uh, once before. And if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, it is a bit of a timeless one uh, where it's still very much relevant. So if you want to go listen to that, go and check it out. I'm going to be covering a few different topics uh, today. In the last one we did, uh, it was very Blues heavy, talking about your time at the club. And all that good stuff. We're playing Millwall at the weekend, though. Uh, we're going to start a lot with that about your coaching there, um, as well as your predictions and your thoughts on the game. Um, we're then going to cover everything going on at Blues at the moment. Of course, the new ownership, uh, Wagner Dale, all that good stuff. Uh, might dip into the Bellingham brothers as well. Get your thoughts on that. Um, and then, of course, we are playing Watford in a few weeks' time. So we'll get your thoughts on that too, Robbo. But to start, um, obviously coaching at Millwall now. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into that? So you obviously play for Blues, Watford, all these different clubs, and now you're coaching. So how are you finding that? Yeah, good. Obviously, really enjoying my role. Um, individually working with players to try and help them develop, but also team team selections, being involved with the manager and coaching sessions. So yeah, pretty much full on with everything. So I know, really enjoying it. Really enjoying my time. And you're obviously working quite closely with Gary Rowett at the moment. How's that? Because being an ex, ex-Blues manager himself, and, and were you there under, under Rowett? You were, weren't you? Yes, I was the captain yes. when Gary when Gary was the manager. Yeah, so uh, yes, yeah, we've linked back up together again. So yeah, it's it's been good, and I'm obviously learning a lot and trying to improve myself um, to where I want to be in the future, and that's hopefully managing one day. So yeah, I'm learning quite a few things off him at, the, at this moment in time. Fantastic. So what are you kind of alluded to it there? But what is your kind of day to day role at Millwall at the moment? So my day-to-day role is, is pretty much full on with, with everything, really. So sessions-based, um, individual work, uh, going through analysis stuff with the players that, that need extra time. Um, obviously, on the training ground, taking first-team sessions. Yeah, so pretty much full on and, uh, yeah, a role that I'm really enjoying. And it stretches you, challenges you, but I like challenges. So, um, yeah, the knowledge that is helping me to understand what, it, what it's like working in a first-team environment. And like you say... Um, wanting to be that manager one day, it's you can only learn from the things that Gary that he that you feed off Gary and 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 try and move forward with that eventually one day. Fantastic. I mean, obviously, when you were at the Blues, you were quite a leader in the team. Obviously, you were a captain. What mm. kind of characteristics do you think are important, and like what do you look for in a player when you're coaching them? You look for qualities, obviously, where you, where you can help them um, be improve. Um, that's the main thing I think is helping them develop and helping them. Um, get better. Um, obviously, communication, always talking to help them. Um, learning off my experiences as well, trying to pass on your your knowledge of what you had to deal with as a footballer over the years of when you're in the team, when you're not in the team, when you're getting abused, when you're not getting abused. Um, so, yeah, we, we still get that. And social media is obviously a big platform now for, for venting anger, we should say. Um, 
So yeah, we have a lot of young lads who obviously are on social media. So it's it's just trying to find that balance of when to when to look at it and when not to look at it. Yeah, and uh, speaking about some of the sort of uh, first team players and like the youngsters as well as the older players as well at Mill, we've got sort of a good blend going on at the moment with. Um, Especially on the first day, we noticed uh, Mill, uh, Millsborough away, where uh, the two youngsters combined there for the goal for a one-nil win. Uh, what sort of input are you putting in with like the younger players when they're sort of just rising up and you know going into that first team environment, where as you said, like there's a lot of social media prevalence and a lot of things to focus on, really. I think the most important for young lads when they're coming into the first team football um, is to enjoy it and to and to to go and enjoy the challenge. Um, try not to be too too tense. Uh, be relaxed. And go and show what quality players they are. I mean, Idemo and Remain are very, very, very good young players, and they got bright futures ahead of them. But they're still developing at the moment, and they're still learning. There's some games they're not going to be um, at their best, but there's other games where you know that they can come into it and they can be a real threat. So yeah, you've you've got to find the balance with the younger players at the moment, as we as we've seen with Jude and as we've seen with Job as well at Birmingham. They're they're on the similar pathway, obviously. We'd like to see Remain and, and Idemo go to Real Madrid because that would be a dream come true for them. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just trying to find the balance with the younger generation at the moment is that you have to talk to them, you have to keep them focused, but also you don't want to take away that quality that they have and you want them to go and express themselves when they get on the football pitch. Yeah, and you mentioned there about the younger players and um, I believe you've already worked with the younger players at Blues before in like an academy role. Would you ever see yourself returning to Blues in the future as like a... Uh manager or like an assistant manager because you're clearly well respected at the club still yeah I'd love to I'd love to come back um I'm not, I won't hide that um I had a fantastic relationship with a lot of people behind the scenes at Blues um unfortunately it, it came to a, a bit of a sour end but that's football that happens at every club and and for me it was probably a good time to sort of move on and go somewhere else and and learn um from somebody else as well like Gary um, and then now in the future, I know I'm well prepared and I'm better off for myself to come back and if given the opportunity to hopefully move the club forward. But at the moment, it's uh, it's looking good. It's, uh, it's a great positive vibe around the club and, and it's really good to see it because it's, um, it's suffered over the years. The club has definitely suffered. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's nice to see Blues being successful at the moment because it's something personally myself I haven't seen too much of and a lot of us in recent times haven't. But just on on a few points you made there as well, as sort of being a, a, a player in, in, in the past, does it sort of help you in your coaching role now? Because I'm sure there are a few coaches who maybe haven't had the same experience as, you, as yourself on the pitch. So having previously played, particularly as a defender, does that allow you to help help some of the younger lads or even more experienced players? as you know, what it's like to be out there? Yeah, you'd like to think so, because um, I'm quite a good communicator. I always felt that when I was playing and when I was captain, um, I was very vocal. And for me, that's part, part of coaching, is to use your voice, is to encourage also, but to, to let them know when things are not going as good and you know that they're better and they know that they can be better. So, yeah, I still, I still will use my bad cop, good cop at certain times. Um, but no, I find it important. But obviously... The challenge is, is that obviously you're, you've never been used to creating sessions. So you've got to find a session that's going to keep the group positive. They're going to enjoy it. They're going to get a good um, blow out of the session. So, yeah, that that side of it, obviously, I struggled at first. But now I've sort of got to grips with it. And I know the group of players that you work with. So, yeah, you can come up with sessions that you know that they're going to enjoy a lot. Yeah, you sort of said it there as well. And it's something I hadn't necessarily thought about, but it's probably getting that variety as well because you train probably most days throughout a football season. It's about continual, constantly mixing things up and keeping things interesting. And I'm sure you, you tend to get players who may be a bit 
more advanced than others. So it's about keeping the sessions, you know, so they're challenging enough for the more, you know, capable players. And it's, it, it must be a bit of a minefield constantly having to think of these drills and these things to help players progress. Yeah, but it's great because it stretches you and you, you're testing your knowledge now and you're testing your ideas. So for me, I'm always forward thinking. I like to sort of think of sessions that are going to be enjoyable for the lads, but also the individual lads. I know that they will need that hard work and, that, and, and helping them develop and improve on, on things that they know that they need to improve on. So, yeah, the individual sessions are, are probably more um, detailed and a lot more um, designed for challenging yourself. But whereas the bigger the bigger sessions where you're with the group, it's you just try and find that balance of making it as basic for them as possible, where you know that they're going to get a real good session, they're going to get a good blow, they're going to know that they've worked really hard, and and yeah, it, like you say, I I enjoy stretching my knowledge in that, and it's uh yeah, some days I'll I'll be going away thinking well, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but there's other days where I really enjoy it, and you want to join in yourself, which is which is great, for sure. And looking ahead to this weekend, then you've had a Decent start to the season, obviously a good weekend uh, win against Stoke. Um, so, so what, what are your thoughts for for well, how how do you rate your overall start to the season, um, and where can you go from there? Yeah, I think our start's been like you say, um, we, we've been okay. Um, obviously, we've had certain games where we could have played a little bit better, but we've played Norwich, and Norwich are a good team, very very good team. Bristol City was a was a ninety fourth minute winner, which we were a little bit disappointed with. But we know there's more to come for us. And that's the great thing about it is we've got a great group of lads who work extremely hard for each other. Um, we're always trying to move forward. Like you say, we just missed out on the playoffs last year. So that was a bit disappointing. So we know where we need to be as a group. And can we add a couple of faces towards the end of the transfer window to make us stronger and better? Um, but yeah, going into the into the weekend, I'll only look... I'm sorry to disappoint you, lads, but I'll, I'll only look to get three points. And that's... That's what I'm all about, and it was—it's no different to whatever club I've been at. Is that you always go into a game and you and you want to get the three points? That's the most important thing. So, but I know it's going to be a tough game. Blues have had a real good start. Um, obviously, disappointing result last night, but it's a cup game, um, so you don't have to worry about that too much. The league's more important, and uh, yeah, I know you. Always, when you go to St Andrews and the fans are right behind you, you know it's going to be a difficult game. For sure. And in terms of style of play, because I don't get to watch Millwall personally as much as I'd like to. So for myself and the Blues fans that don't know how to sort of Millwall set up and play and, and look to beat teams. Um, we'll just look to put a lot of pressure on teams. Um, obviously, we've got a good balance. We've got good footballers in the team as well. So there's, an, there's a time when we know that we need to get the ball down and, and settle the game and, and try and come up with a, with a few passes to frustrate the opposition. But when you play against, like you say, when you're away from home, we've got to be on the front foot and we're really good. We're on the front foot. So we're hoping on Saturday, I know it's an early kickoff as well, that our lads are, are fully awake and they're on the front foot, ready to go. Yeah, I know. Obviously, going into the weekend, when we had Gary Rowett at the Blues and yourself, it was more a team atmosphere. It wasn't really individuals in the team. Um, mm. I know he's kind of got that in Millwall as well, in that it's a very team vibe. Uh, but are there any danger men that we should be looking out for on Saturday? Yeah, obviously, you've got the likes of Tom Bradshaw, um, Kevin Nisbet, the strikers, who are on their day, can find the goals. Um, you've got, obviously, the young lads, Remain and Idemo, when they're, when they're at it and when they're involved, they're very dangerous players. So, yeah, they're, they're, like you say, it's a, it's a real good team. Um, we've got a real good team ethic, uh, good work rates. And, yeah, but then players, like you say, their individual brilliance will come into the game only if our team are helping them out and putting the balls in the right positions for them. 
Yeah, super. I mean, obviously, going into the weekend, you said you want all three points, but looking forward into the season, what are your expectations this season for Millwall? I want to get promoted. Um, that's the goal for me. Is um, I, I've always got that ambition is that no matter where I was at as a player, I wanted to get promoted to teams I was at. And as a coach, I want to get promoted. I want, to, I want the lads to, to challenge themselves. I want them to believe in themselves that they can do it. Um, and yeah, for me, it's we just missed out last year, which, which was hurtful and disappointing. But this year, I really want us to have a right go for it and try and get in the top six if we can. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier about sort of getting the fans on side as well and how much that can impact a team performance as well. How, what's it like at the Den when sort of it's rocking and, you know, there's real atmosphere there? How hard can it be for an away team to come to the Den and pick up all three points? Oh, so it's, a, it's a fantastic place to, place to be involved in when, when things are going well. But, but like you say, we, we have to create that atmosphere as a, as a group of players. It's the same no matter where you go, the home team, home advantage, you, you have to create the atmosphere. So the players have to be on the front foot and then the fans will see that and they'll get right behind you. But yeah, it's a it's a real it's a real rocking place. It's a great atmosphere. Um, teams, obviously, when we're doing well, teams always are scared of coming to Millwall because they know what it's all about. And I've been there as a player. And when you go there and you're intimidated by the fans and, and, the, and the players, it can be a real difficult place to go and play. But we're away at St Andrews, so we know it's going to be the same. So we have to we have to be on the front foot and we, we have to make it as difficult as we can for Birmingham. Yeah, and uh, hopefully St Andrews will be a sellout for that game as well, which uh, it looks like it might be anticipated. And um, with the season itself, really, with you know we were coming so close to the playoffs last year, would you say that top six is a must this season for what you're sort of building and look what you're looking to do? Yeah, I would love to. I would love to say that. Um, obviously, other people have different different thinking methods, and but for me, it's that's the challenge for them is that I see us as being in the top six. I see us. Um, competing again as as high as we can, but the league gets harder each each year. So there's some really good teams in here, and we've seen that against a team like Norwich. They uh, they took the game to us, and they they uh, they played us off the park at times. And so yeah, that's the challenge. We're going to have that against teams like Southampton, Leeds, when we play them exactly the same. So yeah, but but my goal is for for us to to try and get in the top six and get promoted. Yeah, I think I think Blues Millwall is always a, a decent game. I think I remember was it nil nil at home last year, which was a bit of a quiet one. But ignoring that one, most of the time the games are are, are pretty good between us two. Talking a little bit about Blues, then um, obviously a lot has changed since you were last on, um, and all moving in the right direction, all very positive at the club, and it's the best I've seen Blues personally um, since yeah. I started following them. But what are your overall thoughts on the takeover and just everything surrounding Blues at the moment? It's all so positive, isn't it? Yeah, like you said, they're very positive. I think it's what the fans have needed for a long, long time. The players now themselves, um, the recruitment side of it, they've, they've brought in a lot of players and, and done good business. Once they start gelling, again, can Blues push to where they need to be because it's, it's a great club. Um, so, yeah, for me, looking on the outside, obviously, we still live in the area. So we still see quite a, blue, quite a lot of Blues fans and they're all walking around with smiles on their faces now because they see, hopefully, the good times coming back. Um, but yeah, the Tom Brady effect has, has kicked in and hopefully uh, we'll get to see him at the weekend, but disappointing with the three points. Um, so yeah, but there's a lot of positivity and it's, it's great to see the club's needed it. And um, yeah, it, it's, great to, um, it's great to see that the fans are all happy again and, and back in the team and getting right behind them. Yeah, and I don't know if you've had too much of a chance to get down to Blues this season, but it's nice to see all the renovations and just the stadium looking much nicer, particularly the front. And even even small things like the tunnels and the changing rooms have all been done up. And it just shows how 
how much these owners care and want to move the club in the right direction. But I don't know if you if you had much of a chance to go down recently and, and, and see all the change. No, I haven't. It'd be my first time back on uh, on Saturday, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing the change. Um, again, it's, it's it's like you say, it's great. The owners are they're spending their money and they're and they're putting the money in for the right things, and that's um, doing the ground up, and getting that bottom stand completed. Um, things that needed to be done. Obviously, the training ground. I don't know about the training ground, how that's going still with the fire that it had, but obviously, I know that they're um, there in in Henley at the training camp there where wasps were. That's again, that's a fantastic training centre. So, yeah, Blues are moving forward, and it's it's only good signs and real positive for for everybody involved. Yeah, you kind of touched on it there with the Tom Brady effect almost. Um, what are your thoughts in kind of like a worldwide athletic superstar, really, like coming into a club like Birmingham City? Is that something like you would enjoy um, when you were a player? Yeah, of course you would, because he's a winner. He's a leader. And you only have to see what he's done in his career to if he's around um, when, whenever he needs to be around and he's talking and inspiring the players. And it's only good, the coaching staff as well, is you're working with a, a, an athlete that's played at the highest level and won everything possible. So for the club to get hold of someone like Tom um, and, and, to, and to learn off him and, and to listen to him is only, is only great news in, in how they want the club to move forward. So, so yeah, I think it's a fantastic, um, fantastic signing, as you would say. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, like, um, would he be good for the young lads to think, have a good chat, to see what he's done throughout his career? Then yeah, I think it's great. The young lads feeding off him as well. So yeah, only things positive really to see about it. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, not only Tom Brady coming in, but Gary Cook's come in as CEO as well, and really done good things around the club. Do you know much about Gary Cook? And no, I don't know much about Gary. Obviously, he was at Man City, wasn't he? He, was he yeah. in start of Man City yeah. when they all invited that? So yeah. again, it's a man that's that's taken Man City to the next levels, um, and now he's looking to do the same at Blues. So, so yeah, lucky. I'm I'm a little bit little bit uh, disappointed really that <laughs> this has all happened that when I wasn't there. But but no, it's it's just great. It's great seeing it. Yeah, and all the uh, recruitment team and staff are sort of working to get the right bodies through the door. And there's, I think there's around 10, 11 transfers that Birmingham have made this season. What was it like when you're at the club sort of trying to get new players to sort of gel with each other? And how long does it typically take in the season to sort of get everybody gelled together and on the right page? It takes time. Obviously, working on the training ground is only going to improve that. So, John's obviously, you can see that he's, he's doing great work so far with the results that are, that are coming through the, through the door and so yeah, I think it. I think it will take time, but at the moment it's looking good with what they're doing. So yeah, hopefully it'll get another couple of signings through before the end of the window, like us. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting times for Birmingham. I think, like you say, you yourselves will be excited and 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 see where the club can go this year with the players that they've got in. And also, uh, Dion Sanderson is now the new matchday captain at Birmingham. Mm -hmm. Uh, what sort of responsibilities will he have around the club? And what was it like sort of when you were captain, being sort of guy responsible for getting all these players to gel together and being like a leader on the pitch and off the pitch as well? Yeah, you, you've, got to be, you've got to be that leader. You've got to be that person that's um, looking after people, making sure that everything's okay. Again, being responsible, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. Um, so, yeah, he's a, he's, it's a, like you say, it's a big club to captain. So you've got to have that responsibility and you've got to have that know-how and, and hopefully Dion's the right man that can do that. Um, and yeah, good luck to him because it's it can be at times, they, they, it can be a challenge being a captain because all the focus is on you all the time. 
Um, but I'm sure he's a level-headed guy and, and he'll find the balance of when to switch off and when to know to focus on, on what he needs to do in around the training ground and, and around the ground. Yeah, I just think it's so nice to see Blues really moving in the right direction because in, in the past we have had moments where, you know, things have looked good before um, Riot was sacked. We were obviously about seventh in the table, I think, and we had decent times under Monk, but hopefully Blues can now just consistently start performing well and, and really push forward because it has been quite stagnant. It always seems to be 17th and below at Blues. So if we can really push on now, um, hopefully with the owners, we will continue to do so. But Talking a bit about the Bellingham brothers now, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. When we last spoke to you, Jude was obviously at Dortmund and, and Joe was still at Blues. I mean, Jude's yeah. move to Madrid, do you think it's it's the right decision for him? I mean, he started very well, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a great move for him and, and no better place to go and learn your trade again. Obviously, from Birmingham to, to Dortmund is a great learning curve when you move country and uh, you go into a, a probably a, a club that, when you looked at it, liked to develop the young players. So it was a great move for Jude at the time and and now he's at the biggest club in the world. So nothing phases Jude. That's, that's the great thing about it is he's, he's a level-headed guy. Um, he's got a great family behind him and he will always keep his feet on the ground. But what he is, is a winner and he will want the best and he will want to be the best. And that's what I loved about Jude is that he had the attitude to be better every day. He always wanted to be better than the day before. So, so yeah, it's no surprise that he's doing well at, at Real Madrid and he's scoring the goals now, which is, which is what he needed to add to his game. Um, and he's playing with world-class players who, who can only help him. Um, and Joe, at the time, was only young when he was coming through. So when I was 18's league coach, obviously, I only saw Joe towards the end of it, really, when he was sort of getting pushed up a little bit to come and play certain games for us. But again, he's moved to Sunderland and he's playing in the game. So again, only, only great for his development as well, that he's playing first-team football all the time. And it's a massive club, Sunderland. So that would be a great challenge for him as well, because the fans up there, they expect... They expect promotion and they, they expect players to come in and, and go from the word go. So, yes, yeah, so Joe will understand what he, what he has to do and how he has to do it. And at the moment, he started well at that club as well. Yeah, you sort of answered my next question there. But did you have too much or did you have much time to work with them in the academy and see them progress and develop as players? And if so, did you know that they'd or did you have a feeling that they'd turn out the way they have? Only Jude I really worked with closely um, and 100% you could see where he was going to go. He just had the, he had the quality, he had the attitude and it was all about just him really getting his head down and working towards that and he's doing it. So it's, it's fantastic to see and, and I only saw Joe just towards the end. So I didn't really get to see much of him. But obviously when you, you still talk to people, he's still like developing and he's still on that same pathway and, only time will tell if he can get to Jude's levels, really. But it's a lot of pressure to to have on a kid as well when you've got to compete with the brother that's at Real Madrid at the moment. Yeah, yeah. you speak about Joe there, and um, oh, so, sorry, Josh, but um, yeah, you speak about Joe there, and uh, you mentioned about sort of his development and the fact that um, he was yeah obviously playing for Birmingham's first team uh, last year when uh, we beat Mill at the Den, and he had a good game there, and um, yeah, just really sort of getting stuck into everything, and he scored his brace against Rotherham. How would you sort of say the development will go, obviously, because there's two former Birmingham employees now at Sunderland and uh, Christian Speakman and Mike Dodds. How much is that sort of connection going to work for Joe's progression? Well, they'll be, they'll be key for Joe because obviously they've worked with him coming through the academy. So they'll know what his qualities are. They'll know what he needs to work on. And that's only great for him because um, they'll, work, they'll be daily working with him on the training ground to improve that. You've got a, obviously a fantastic manager in Tony Mowbray as well, who I work with at West Brom. Mark Venus is his assistant. So I know the quality of coaches that are there with him. So I know that 
They'll work with him daily. They'll improve him all the time. And only, only game time can help you improve. And it's about trust. You have to trust these young lads. Yes, they're going to make mistakes. Yes, they're, they're not going to be at the certain levels that you will expect on, on, on certain games. But as long as you've got that trust and you've got that belief in them, then that will only help them out. And yeah, I mean, I'm the same with Romain and Idemo at our place and the other younger lads that I work with, your, your Danny McNamara's, your Billy Mitchell's. It's, you've got to trust them and you've got to give them time knowing that they will make these errors, but it's football. And that's what I did. I, I made mistakes when I was a young lad growing up and you only get better from it because you, you find a way of trying to improve and try and help yourself develop better as a player. Yeah. How, 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 how tough is it to be such a young player and be really thrown in at the deep end? Because I can imagine when Jude first came onto the pitch, I think it was Portsmouth, his debut, and he's like 16 years, 30 days. Well, he was such a young lad. How tough yeah. is it for these young players to just be thrown in? And, and how, as a coach, can you help them deal with that? Well, you can help them deal with it by constantly talking to them. Um, again, you have to, when you've got to throw them in at the deep end to see where they're at and see how they're going to do. So there's no better learning curve than throwing them in when they're not expecting it. And like you say, if Joe come on against Pooh, was that the cup match away at Yes, Frampton? yes, yeah. yes, I'm it was. Yeah. On Sky. And yeah, I think when you speak with Jude, it was it was a great learning curve for him because first team football is another level to academy football. So. When you're there, you know and you understand the tempo, the pace, the players are more physically stronger and, and you can only get better when you're playing against that. And I always say to the younger lads is if they get a chance to go out on loan and play men's football, then it will do them good because it will toughen them up and that's what they'll need. They'll need that toughening up and they'll need that understanding of what it's all about. For sure. I think I think Job's move to Sunderland had a, a bit of backlash from Blues fans, but I mean... Personally, and I'm sure most of us agree, Job's got to do what's right for him. Maybe wasn't getting the game time at Blues as he would at Sunderland because he, he started a few times now for them. So I think regardless of what these think, we think as Blues as a club, I think these players sometimes do need to be selfish and, and really think of themselves and what will allow them to develop most. And I think it was probably the right move for him because the game time just wasn't there at Blues. But looking forward to uh, Watford. Uh, got them in a few weeks. I think it's 18th of September. Don't quote yeah. me on that, but I'm pretty sure it is. You were obviously at Watford for a while, played over 200 games for them. Um, do you enjoy your time at the club? Yeah, I did. Cause I come through the academy there, so I loved it. Um, obviously, I was a local lad, born around the corner from the ground. Um, so, yeah, for me, that was my most important upbringing for me. I had Graham Taylor was my manager. Kenny Jackett was my academy uh, coach at the time. So, Luther Blissett was with the first team. Tom Wally. So I had a real good upbringing. I had a tough one as well because they always told you, they worked you, um, they'll give you, they'll give you stick, they'll give you, they'll give you positivity. So yeah, for me it was a was a fantastic time of growing up in football. You must have a few highlights there and favourite memories from your time at the club. Oh yeah, loads of loads of great memories there. Obviously, two promotions, um, playing in the Premier League at a young age. Um, so yeah, some fantastic highlights for me getting in the, like you say, teams of the teams of the year as well. So I knew I was on the right pathway of my of my development at the time, and as a player, I knew I was growing. So yeah, for me, that was my that was my most important time. Yeah, fine. Uh, just like obviously with Watford, they seem to go through managers uh, quite a lot recently with uh, the current owners. But what are your thoughts with the current manager and the current setup that they've got at the club? Um, obviously, Ishmael's that there at the moment um, was a strange one, not going to lie. Um, obviously, done a fantastic job at Barnsley. 
Um, with Nick, like, did, did he got then promoted, I think, did he? And then he just missed out on the playoffs. Mm. Um, and then, so, obviously, yeah. he went to West Brom, didn't didn't do very well. Then he went abroad, didn't do very well. So, Watford, now he's looking to to get back on track again and see what he can do with Watford. I mean, they always, they've always got a, a fantastic group of players there and international players. So, for him, it's about balance and about um, getting them to work well as a team. So, so, yeah, it'd be an interesting one to watch. I'm not too sure. Obviously, they've had a few disappointing results recently and I'm sure the owner's looking down on him now again and, and maybe thinking maybe it's time to go and get another manager. I don't know. But, yeah, he, uh, Ishmael's obviously got that personality. When you look at him, he's, he's, um, he's a very demanding manager. Um, he likes his team to work really hard. So, whether he can get that out of the Watford players, I don't know. Only time's going to tell. Yeah, obviously, in the summer as well, they lost a lot of key players, like the likes mm. of Ishmael Lassar and João Pedro going. So, where do you think they will finish this season? Um, I, I think they'll finish mid-table this year. Um, I, do, I don't think that they'll be as good as what people are expecting. Um, again, they've lost key players. And can they replace them key players? I don't know. I don't know what the financial side is there. Um, all I know is is that they've lost a lot of important players that have been very important for Watford over the years. Yeah, yeah, and um, sorry, oh, sorry that. Yeah, I was just going to add on to that with. Um, I was just going to add to that with like what how Birmingham going to stifle Watford and uh, the way that they play because Ishmael, you know, he likes a sort of physical team where he can sort of get it up to the big men. So you know, it's going to be a physical challenge on the day that we play them. So uh, yeah, what skills do you reckon we can sort of pull off to get the better of Watford when we play them? I think you've just got to unsettle them. Got to be in their faces, be on the front foot. I think when you go to a team like, is it at Watford? Uh, yes, um, yeah, very good. Yeah, great. So, yeah, so I'd like you say, you take the game to them. Um, we did it last year twice. We beat them 3-0 and 2-0. And we played on the front foot and we put the balls in there. They didn't like it. Um, yeah, I think, like you say, when you play against teams like football, they've always got good footballers and they like to get the ball down and play. But if you can stop them from doing that and you can make them make them very nervous, then, the, yeah, like you say, it's only, only positives for yourselves to go into the game. So, yeah, put them on the back foot straight away. And finally, a score prediction for the game? Uh, what, this, this weekend or Watford one? Uh, both, both. I think we'll win this weekend. Sorry, <laughs> fans. No, fair enough. I wanted the three points, so you can boo me after the game if you want. <laughs> um, but now, Watford, I think, like you say, if you can go there and be on the front foot, I think you'll win the game. I think that's it. I think if you let, if you let Watford dictate play and, and, and let their midfield players get control because they've got good players like the Czar, very good footballers, then it'll be a, be a tough one. But yeah, I think 1-1, one, one, I think you'll go there and get a point. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's tough for these teams. Probably going back a few years, we probably would have said Watford are just a shoe in to be up there. But I think these days, the championship just seems to get stronger and stronger year on year. And I think this is the most competitive championship season we'll see. I think with ourselves improving, Bristol City are doing okay. So the teams that were sort of down there maybe moving up. And it's just getting, even the teams that have come up, Ipswich have started brilliantly. Plymouth look a decent side. So I think it's going to be the most competitive championship we've seen. Um, but we'll go on to some questions from Twitter because um, we've had a few of those. So, uh, Kai Fitz, 92, I hope I've said that right. Which one of the players you played with at Blues uh, would you bring into this Blues team now and why? Ooh. Um, Shay Adams. Shay Adams, I'd like to see back at Blues. Um, just a goal scorer. Great lad as well. Um, obviously, Southampton, he's come on and scored two goals again. But he'd be a player that I'd like to see back at Blues, yeah. Eventually, it'd be nice to see him back. 
Sure. And uh, Sam Turner, eighteen seventy-five, best moment for yourself in a blue shirt. Um, I think wearing the captain's armband. I think every time I every time I put the blue shirt on, I wanted to wear it with passion. I wanted to wear it with pride. And yeah, being the captain of it was was very special for me and my family. And uh, we've got one from Dalma Blue Nose. What was Lee Clark's strengths and weaknesses as a manager? Um, I think his strengths was he was um, he was a very um, demanding manager, and he got the best out of me because I liked his I liked his attitude. I liked the way that he was. And probably his weaknesses was he was maybe too enthusiastic. He got he got the better of him sometimes. And yeah, I think he, he beat himself up with certain results. And that would probably be his weakness, that he was a little bit too excited at times. And we've got from uh, Connor1875, who's the GOAT? Uh, I'm not sure who we're talking about there. So we'll go Blues, greatest of all time. Um, and we'll also go for your overall footballer, uh, GOAT, who's the best um... of all time. Well, at the moment, you're going to say who's the GOAT is Jude because he's at Real Madrid and he's he's playing at the top of his game. So he, you're definitely going to say he's the Blues, he's the GOAT. Um, but over the years, well, you're going to have to say Trevor Francis, aren't you? Trevor Francis was the GOAT. Um, great player. Obviously, su such sad news to see him pass away and um, the, like the memorial they got at the ground. I'm looking forward to seeing that and pay my respects to, to Trevor as well because I met him a few times and he was, he was a great guy and I had great conversations with him. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would probably say he's the GOAT, Trevor Francis, back in the day. Sure, can't argue with that. And finally, of course, um, not sure how to say that name, uh, Ponsonby has. Sorry if I've butchered that, mate. But uh, if you could have one of his former managers to manage this Blues team, who would it be and why? Um, former manager, I'd probably say Tony Mowbray. Yeah, Tony. Like, does it have to be an ex-Blues manager or a manager that I've worked with? We'll go. We'll go. Anyone, any manager uh, you've worked well, with, or who, who you just think would best suit Blues? I think Tony, like Tony Mowbray, would be great. And then me, one day coming back, lads. <laughs> that would be yes. amazing. That would be yeah. ideal. We would love that. Um, I think that's all we've got time for. That's all the questions we've got for you today, Robbo. Um, really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out your your schedule to come chat to us. It's always a pleasure, mate. So thank you. All right. Thanks for having me, fellas. No problem at all. So everyone at home, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed Sam and Josh, of course. Thanks for joining me as always, guys. Right. Yeah, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you for listening. If you want to follow us on our socials, uh, they are below our faces. Um, and you can follow Blues Focus pretty much on any social media platform uh, where you get your football-related content. So thank you very much for watching or listening. Hope you enjoyed and we will see you in the next one. Keep right on. Keep right on. Keep right on, fellas. Podcast Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.